0: Welcome to Zikrud member by Evram Goldar, and today we're going Nadarim, talk the 11th peric ve'elin nadarim. So, the three types we're going to focus on are one. The Gemara observes that our mission, which taught that a hafara for the wrong person is invalid, holds that the Pussex using the term yani osa, he shall restrain her, is meant specifically that he must know her identity. This seems to contradict a Bryce which teaches that if one is told that his father died and he tore Kriya and then discovered that it was actually his son who died, the Kriya is valid despite there being similarly specific terms in the Pusik describing Dubb's Kriya over Sha'u and Yonasan. The Ghmarian says that the Bryce of Kriya should be interpreted that he was not told which of his relatives had died. He assumed it was his father but was not certain. Such an unspecific Kriya can be valid for the true deceased relative. Our Mishnah speaking, where he was clearly told the wrong identity of the vower, and a safar was made accordingly for the wrong person. The Gamora supports his answer with the Brisa, that explicitly distinguishes between where he was told erroneously that his father died, where the Kriya is invalid, and where he merely assumed erroneously that it was his father, where the Kriya is valid. Point number Ravashi offers another solution. The price which validates a Kriya done for the wrong person is when the truth was discovered, Betocha kadei Dibor, within the time required for an utterance, meaning the amount of time necessary to say, Shomolech Rebbe, just as one can correct or retract a statement within this time period, an action such as Kriya is also considered to continue for this time period, and thus qualifies as a Kriya for the correct person. Our mission, speaking, where the correct identity of the vow was discovered after this time span. This answer is supported by a price which teaches that one who tore Kriya for a relative who seemed to have died and actually died afterwards, the Kriya would be valid if the death occurred within Toch Dibur. The Gmore concludes with a ruling that all statements can be retracted within Toch Keddei with four exceptions. Blasphemy, idol worship, both of which incur the death penalty even if he immediately retracts his blasphemous or idolatrous declaration marriage, and divorce, which are effective even if he attracts immediately after performing them. The run explains that the seriousness of these activities dictates that a person would not do them without a complete and unconditional intent. And pointing with you, the next mission states, If a woman vowed, Konam my tasting these figs and grapes, and her husband confirmed the fig aspect of the netter, it is confirmed entirely, and even the grape aspect cannot be revoked. If he revoked the fig aspect of the netter, it is not revoked until he revokes the grape aspect as well. The run explains that although the hafara permits the figs, the grapes remain prohibited until he revokes them directly. The run also offers an alternate explanation. The Gemara says that our Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, but Rabbi Kiva holds, based on the Torah comparing hafara and akama, that just as a partial akama affects a complete confirmation, so too a partial hafara revokes the entire nether. A third opinion is quoted from the Chalmah saying just as a partial hafara only voids the aspect which he revoked, so to a partial hafara only confirms the aspect that he confirmed. So once again, the three points are number one. the Gemara observes that our Mishnah, which taught that a hafara for the wrong person is invalid, holds that the Pusiks using the term yani osa, he shall restrain her, is meant specifically that he must know her identity. This seems to contradict a Bryce which teaches that if one is told that his father died and he tore Kriya, and then discovered that it was actually his son who died, the kriya is valid despite there being similarly specific terms in the Pusik describing dove's Kriya over Shao and Yonasan. The answer is that the Bryce of Kriya should be interpreted that he was not told which of his relatives had died. He assumed it was his father, but was not certain. Such an unspecific Kriya can be valid for the true deceased relative. Our Mishnah speaking, where he was clearly told the wrong identity of the vower, and a safar was made accordingly for the wrong person. The Gamora supports his answer with the Brisa that explicitly distinguishes between where he was told erroneously that his father died, where the Kriya is invalid, and where he merely assumed erroneously that it was his father, where the Kriya is valid. Point number two, Ravashi offers another solution. The price of which validates a Kriya done for the wrong person is when the truth was discovered, Betocha Kde Dibor, within the time required for an utterance, meaning the amount of time necessary to say, Shomalecha Rebbe, just as one can correct or retract a statement within this time period, an action such as Kriya is also considered to continue for this time period, and thus qualifies as a Kriya for the correct person. Our mission speaking where the correct identity of the vowel was discovered after this time span. This answer is supported by a Bryce, which teaches the one who tore Kriya for a relative who seemed to have died and actually died afterwards, the Kriya would be valid if the death occurred within Toch Keddei work concludes with a ruling that all statements can be retracted within De Dibor* with four exceptions, blasphemy, idol worship, both of which incur the death penalty even if he immediately retracts his blasphemous or idolatrous declaration, marriage, and divorce, which are effective even if he retracts immediately after performing them. The run explains that the seriousness of these activities dictates that a person would not do them without a complete and unconditional intent. And pointing with you, the next mission states, if a woman vowed, Konam te'enva anavim eusha anito emus, Konam my tasting these figs and grapes, and her husband confirmed the fig aspect of the netter, it is confirmed entirely and even the grape aspect cannot be revoked. If he revoked the fig aspect of the netter, it is not revoked until he revokes the grape aspect as well. The run explains that although the hafara permits the figs, the grapes remain prohibited until he revokes them directly. The run also offers an alternate explanation. The Gemara says that our Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, but Rabbi Kiva holds, based on the Torah comparing Hafara and Akama, that just as a partial Akama affects a complete confirmation, so to a partial Hafara revokes the entire Nether. A third opinion is quoted from the Kham saying, just as a partial Hafara only voids the aspect which he revoked, so to a partial Akama only confirms the aspect that he confirmed. All right, so now we go to our Simmon.Pezine. And this Simmon was suggested to us by Binyam and Michelle from Boko and by Eli Behar from Ramat Bechemish. They both suggested the Pezine is a golden Pez candy dispenser. So here goes. The husband who did hafara for the wrong person mistakenly did decree on the wrong person as well, using a golden Pez candy dispenser, but was informed to de Dibur that in fact it was his wife, whose netter he had tried to partially revoke, which prohibited her to both fig and grape. Pez candies. Once again it's emotion. The husband who did hafar for the wrong person mistakenly did Cree on the wrong person as well using a golden pez candy dispenser. Golden Pez candy dispenser? That must be warned off Pazine. Golden Pez candy dispenser. The husband who did hafar for the wrong person mistakenly did Cree on the wrong person as well, using a golden pez candy dispenser, which reminds us our mission which taught that a hafar for the wrong person is invalid holds that the pustics using the term yani osa, you shall restrain her is meant specifically that he must know her identity. This seems to contradict a Bryce which teaches that if one is told that his father died and he tore Kriya and then discovered that it was actually his son who died the Kriya is valid despite there being similarly specific terms in the Plutics describing David's Kriya over Shaul and Yonasan. The Gemara answers that the Bryce of Kriya should be interpreted that he was not told which of his relatives had died. He assumed it was his father but wasn't certain. Such an unspecific Kriya can be valid for the true deceased relative. Armish is speaking where he was clearly told the wrong identity of the vower, and as safar was made accordingly for the wrong person. So the husband who did Hafar for the wrong person mistakenly did Kriya on the wrong person as well using a golden Pez candy dispenser but was informed Tokh Kede Dibur that in fact it was his wife, which reminds the Lord brings a ruling that all statements can be retracted within Tokh Kede Dibur, with four exceptions, blasphemy, idol worship, both of which incur the death penalty even if he immediately retracts his blasphemous or idolatrous declaration, and marriage and divorce, which are effective even if he retracts immediately after performing them. The run explains that the seriousness of these activities dictates that a person would not do them without a complete and unconditional intent. So the husband who did hafara for the wrong person mistakenly decree on the wrong person as well using a golden pez candy dispenser, but was informed toh k'de that in fact it was his wife, whose netter he tried to partially revoke, which prohibited her to both fig and grape pez candies, which reminds us the more brings a three-way machok as whether a partial kama confirms the entire netter and if a partial fara revokes the entire netter. So once again, the husband who did hafar for the wrong person mistakenly did create on the wrong person as well using a golden pez candy dispenser, but was informed toch k'de dibor that in fact it was his wife, whose netter he had tried to partially revoke, which prohibited her to both fig and grape. Pez candies. All right, so now it's time for four blockback hazara. daf pei gimel. So the sim for daf pei gimel is a pogo stick. So here goes. The husband was made for completely in the naziris of his wife, the pogo stick champion pogo stick, that must be one Pegemo! The husband was made for completely the Naziris of his wife, the pogo stick champion, so that she could drink her power grape drink with grape seeds and skins, which reminds us of Yosef explained, a Naziris of Hassan. There's no halfway Naziris. The Rosh explains that a wife's original netter of Naziris is a single netter encompassing all the prohibitions of Nazirus, so the husband's hafar part of the Naziras avoids the entire nether. In contrast, the nether from two loaves is essentially two separate nadarim, so the husband's hafar of one does not dictate the voiding of the other. So the husband was made for completely in the Naziris of his wife, the pogo stick champion, so that she can drink her power grape drink with grape seeds and skins. Watch her jump over the sad nuzir bemoaning, that nobody would bury him because he doesn't bury others, which reminds us. A Nazar refraining from Tuma does indeed cause discomfort, so the husband can revoke a wife's nether. As Rameer taught, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? And the living shall take it to heart. One who eulogizes others will be eulogized. One who cries over others will be cried over, and one who buries others will be buried. Refraining from these activities will deprive her of these benefits. So the husband was made for completely in the Nazir's of his wife, the Pogo stick champion, so that she could drink her power grape drink with grape seeds, and skins. Watch her jump over the sad nuzzle bemoaning that nobody would bury him because he doesn't bury others and he proudly waited at the finish line with some Leket for her to take because he could not be made for her netter of Konam and Lebrius, which reminds us, the next mission teaches, Konam and Lebrius in Yachul Hafer. If she said I benefiting from people, he could not revoke it and she can benefit from Leket Shilchanpeah because they're onerless. Daf Pei Dalet, so the Zimmer Dav Pei is a launch pad. So here goes. The woman who vowed, I am removed from all Jews, which included her husband whom she put in a spaceship on a launch pad launch pad, that Ms. Muhlendorf paid all the woman who vowed, I am removed from all Jews, which included her husband, whom she put in a spaceship on a launch pad, which reminds us, Robert challenged who said that a husband is not included in a netter from people from a Mishnah. A woman who vowed, Natul Animine Yehudim, I am removed from Jews, the husband can revoke what pertains to him, and she may have relations with him, but she remains prohibited in relations to all the Jews, even after divorce. The Gemara answers that although the husband is generally not included in a netter from people, here he is included in the netter from relations, since we presume that she intends to prohibit someone who was permitted. So, the woman who vowed, I'm removed from all Jews, which included her husband, whom she put in a spaceship on a launch pad, went off to collect some Maiso Ani by the granary, which reminds us, Our Mishnah allows one who is prohibited in benefits from all people to receive Lechot Shechempeia because they are ownerless. The Gemara notes, Velokitani Maiso Ani, that Our Mishnah does not seem to allow her to receive Maiso Ani, and this contradicts a Bryson, which allows it. Rabbi answers that Our Mishnah is discussing Maiso Ani, which is distributed in the house, which the Torah describes with Nasina, giving, indicating that the owner determines to whom he gives it, so therefore she may not receive such maiso'ani. The bride says, discussing mysoani distributed at the granary, which the Torah says, v'hanacht bishal recho, and you shall set it down within your cities, indicating that anyone may take it without the owner's consent, so she may receive it. So the woman who vowed, I'm removed from all Jews, which included her husband whom she put in a spaceship on a launch pad, went off to collect some maiso'ani by the granary, where she saw one man designate maiso'ani, of the Mai, which reminds us, Rabbi Yosef presented a Machokas to Rabbi Yosef says, that one does not need to designate Mai ani of the Mai, and the Kham say, he must designate it. So the symbol daf Daph is a dentist, because it relates to a mouth. So here goes. When the dentist, dentist, that must be one daf in mouth, dentist. When the dentist forbade benefit to all kohanim so they wouldn't become his patients, didn't realize he'd given up his tobas hanah of his truma, as it was rendered like dust, which reminds us. The mission says when one prohibits kohanim or lavim, they may take his truma and miser. This indicates that tobas hanah in a moment, the benefit of pleasure is not in equity, meaning the fact that he can choose whom to give the trumas and misers to, and accept payment to do so, is not considered a monetary ownership of the truma and miser. Therefore, the kohanim and lavim are not receiving something of his. Rav says that our Mishnah holds that Tobosana is a monetary ownership, which explains a later case in the Mishnah. The reason for this case is that since Truma is only fit for Kohanim, then by attempting to prohibit it to Al Kohanim, he has rendered it mere dust to himself. Since it's impossible for him to give it to any Kohan, he has forfeited those monetary rights and rendered it like Hefker. So when the dentist forbade benefit to Al Kohanim, so they wouldn't become his patients, didn't realize he had given up his Tobos hanav, his truma, as it was rendered like dust. His wife, who worked as his hygienist, got upset and declared, konama will not work for your mouth, which reminds us, if a wife says to her husband, she'ini osa picho, pichah then will not work for your mouth, the tanakama says, no hafar is necessary, because since she's obligated to work for him, the netter is ineffective. Rebekiva says, shem He should revoke it, for perhaps she'll produce more than is due, and the excess, which belongs to her, would become forbidden to him the Tanakh holds that even the excess belongs to him and remains permitted Rav Yochum Ben-Nuri says Yah for Shem love he should revoke it for perhaps he'll divorce her and then she'll become forbidden to him so when the dentist forbade benefit to Al-Kohanim so they wouldn't become his patients didn't realize he had given up his Tobas Hanah of his Truma as it was rendered like dust his wife who worked as his hygienist got upset and declared Konama will not work for your mouth and my hand should be consecrated to their maker which reminds us Rafuna Bray Rav explained our mission as a case where a wife says Yekachi Yedai Ose," and my hand should be consecrated to their maker or in our case Konam because her hands exist in the world and are subject to hektish the more clarifies that since her hands are obligated to her husband she must have added when I become divorced Daf Pei so the similar Daf Pei is police so here goes the husband who watched the Nadarin police police that must have been learned Vav police the husband who watched the Dadaim police put handcuffs on the hands of his wife, who forbid them to him after his Magdish, his pledged field, and then redeemed it, which reminds us, the Gemara said that a woman can make a netter to forbid her hands to her husband, for after her divorce, her hands, although obligated to her husband, are in existence, and such a netter can be said to take effect in the future. The Gemara attempts to compare this case to a pledged field, where the lender may take its fruits, where the borrower declares it should be hectic, and then he redeems it, which is effective. This comparison was rejected because it's within the power of the borrower to redeem it as opposed to the woman who cannot divorce herself. So the husband who watched the Nadarin police put handcuffs on the hands of his wife, who forbid them to him after he was makdish, his pledge field, and then redeemed it, got so confused when she broke out from the cuff saying that a konum is like hektish and is mufkia the she which reminds us. Ravashi finally answers that a konim is able to take effect on her hands even while they are obligated to her husband. Konum, which cannot become permitted through redemption, is similar to a hektish of Kedushas Haguf. Physical sanctity about which Rava taught, Hektish Chametz Vashichurur, Mavkin Mide Shibut, Hektish Chametz, and freeing a slave, release property from a lien. For example, if one designated his ox to be collected for a loan and subsequently declared it a carbon, the Hektish removes the lien from the ox and the loan must be collected from elsewhere. So, the husband who watched the Nadarian police put handcuffs on the hands of his wife, who forbid them to him after he was maktish, his pledged field, and then redeemed it, got so confused when she broke out from the cuff saying that a konim is like hektish and his mafkiah the shebud, that he mixed up his wife's netter on grapes for his daughter's netter on figs. Which reminds us, the next mission states, Nadri Ishtu Asavashin, Nadri Bito, of his wife vowed, and he thought that his daughter vowed, or the reverse. Or she vowed from figs, and he thought she vowed from grapes, or the reverse. Harzi Yaksav Yafir, his hafara, is invalid, and he must revoke it again, since the hafara was made under incorrect information, either about who made the nedr, or what the nedr was about. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of ten questions. Number one, which stuff do we discuss? That a hafara made based on incorrect information isn't valid, that's on duff. Good number two. Which stuff do we have a makokas tanaim if mice or any of Mai requires verbal designation? That's on duff. Peydal. Good number three. Which stuff do we have a three-way makokas? Whether a partial akama confirms the entire netter and if a partial afara revokes the entire netter? That's on duff. Peyzain. Good number four. Which stuff do you learn hektish, chametz and shichur? Are mafkiya, ashibut? That's on duff. Good number five. Which do you have a case where a wife says my hand should be consecrated to their Maker? That's on dav. Peh Good number six. Which that have you learn why a wife's neder of Netula animini yehudim includes her husband? That's on dav. Pei Good number seven. Which that do all statements can be retracted toch Dibur except in four instances? That's on dav. Pei Zayin. Good number eight. Which stuff do you have three different opinions in a case where a wife says to her husband, Konam, I will not work for your mouth? That's on daf. Pei hei. Good number nine. Which stuff does more seek to resolve the difference between the din when one does hafara for the wrong person and one does kriya on the wrong person? That's on daf. Pei Zayin. Good. And number ten. Which stuff do we compare a wife forbidding her hands to her husband to one who has maktish, his pledged field, and then redeemed it? That's on daf? Pevab. Excellent, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram golden Zikr, wishing you had a great day and great learning.